So practicing with a new device, another device to learn and uh, cherish as I try to continue to do the Mike of New York podcast here on what platform is this now? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, my trusty iMac, which I had been having trouble with for the past few months, um, is actually behaving nice right now, but it obviously has uh, hit its stride. Um, it, 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 it's this planned obsolescence that some companies have. And uh, while we as humans are not obsolete, uh, far from it, uh, we uh, do have uh, devices that unfortunately are. And that is why all those fears about AI taking over the world, I think, are somewhat unfounded because essentially, if your iPhone won't even last more than four or five years without all the necessary updates and the technology changes that keep happening to them, what more a substance that requires a constant upgrading and updating and information loads coming from sources that are definitely uh, biological and not uh, artificial. Uh, you know, they're, they're, a lot of people seem to think that, oh, this is going to be like, you know, Star Trek uh, Picard, you know, that, that TV series where, where you have all these uh, AI elements that came out and uh, and had something, or, or maybe the Clone Wars and Star Wars. A lot of this technology has already been around for a long time. It's been used by, uh, for example, the military, engineering firms, uh, people who predict weather patterns have been using this technology for a long time. A lot of the predictive movements that we see are just part of continuous uh, patterns that are originally looked at uh, going as far back as people with slide rules not too long ago to the people who uh, do surveys and marketing research and whatnot um it's just what it is it is a technological shift but it does not necessarily mean uh, an end to humanity just because we have something artificial that is helping us with our intelligence and unfortunately, that is what uh, is present here. I think probably AI is needed by some people in Washington, D.C., for example. I could see where many in Washington could possibly make use of AI, particularly at that White House on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, boy, they could sure use some intelligence there. And I don't mean the kind that's gathered by three-letter or four-letter agencies that you know, are part of that intelligence community run by the Directorate of National Intelligence. I'm talking about the reality that exists with uh, things like intelligence that is just common sense. You know, figuring out that, you know, you only need two bathrooms. Uh, the plumbing is remains the same, even the choices of people change. You know, no matter what they do, uh, the plumbing is going to remain the same. So, you know, deal with it. Uh, it's what it is. It's what it is, right? It's what it is. So here I sit trying to figure out exactly what to do with these materials as I look off in the distance and uh, see what the major topics are for the day. Again, this is just a test of the Mike of New York podcast. 
and some new materials that we're putting out through this system. Now, my eyesight has indeed suffered a lot from this time that I've been down, um, and hopefully it is something that can rebound a little bit with proper medication. But uh, getting that medication has become a problem. And I think it's also because of this podcast, you know? It's not because I'm working so hard at this podcast. I hardly earn anything from it. Uh, you know, it, it's more of a almost therapy on my part that, that allows me to be able to still do broadcasting after years of, uh, you know, basically being sidelined from it. But again, this is the Mike of the Year podcast. I am Mike Cohen, and this, of course, is uh, something that a broadcast journalist uh, who's been around for a long while has had on his uh, map. Now, let's take a look. What exactly can we add to our content today as we look around at all these things uh, and see exactly what is going down, what is happening today? Well, you do have uh, Matt Drudge uh, upset that uh, you know he hasn't been given the 8 o'clock slot by Fox News, so he's going out and he's bashing the fact that uh, Tucker Carlson's departures led to more advertising. So, you know, he's going out and showing this Variety magazine thing, you know, which is basically an industry rag. Uh, and cu coming out and basically essentially saying that, uh, hey, you know what? Um, they uh, uh, don't really um, uh, want to see more than what they have out there when it comes to the different... Uh, uh, platforms that are that are moving uh, forward, uh, and 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 they would rather see uh, shopping TV on than more than more uh, you know content like like Tucker Carlson uh, had on there. I wonder what Tucker Carlson is actually doing right now. He's probably enjoying himself somewhere. Uh, he had his little YouTube goodbye, and after that, we haven't really heard from him that much. And uh, we haven't really seen what exactly is going on in that arena or in that area. As we take a look, uh, of course, uh, with uh, today's uh, content. Um, and uh, how, that, uh, how that comes out with the materials that, that people watch and look at and listen to. There's a lot of stuff coming up that we're going to be uh, party to, and uh, of course we're going to we're going to take a look at the different activities that are happening here in in the region. Today, of course, there is this big AAPI uh, Friendship Day event that is happening at the White House, um, and uh, you know there there are a lot of things going down uh, throughout the uh, throughout the country. But, uh, you know, uh, there, there are moves um, to, to make changes that, that are, just, uh, are just, not, uh, just not happening at, the, at this point in time as, as we look at it. Now, uh, you know, you do see all these things happening with uh, what is going on. In this, uh, in this case, and materials that are that are slowly uh, coming out. Now, the Senate Committee of Foreign Relations uh, held a hearing on, uh, you know, the so-called global information war, 
And uh, I believe, which senator was this speaking, uh, you know, for the uh, global information war? Uh, was he was he in favor of it or was he against it? <laughs> Hard to say, really. Sometimes uh, uh, these these guys uh, really uh, come up with uh, with uh, with different topics. But we're gonna take a listen here to uh, Senator. I think this is Tim Haggard uh, and what uh, Tim Haggard has to say about the global information war and, and how it is affecting things uh, in his viewpoint of, uh, of matters. Hopefully we get it right. And let's see if the new technology that we have is able to pick up the sound a little bit better than before. I'd like to come back to a couple of statements that struck me. First, Ms. Brandt, you said, and to use your own words, the information space is the most consequential I think those are the words you used, modern-day battleground where we encounter our adversaries. And something Ms. Bennett said, and I'm glad you're still here, Ms. Bennett, that, that really struck me uh, was the fact that USAGM is a weapon to use and deploy. Those are the words that you used, a weapon to use and deploy. And I agree with you. I think USAGM is a strategic asset of the United States. And as such, I think USAGM activities should be supportive of our foreign policy, and they should be aligned with our national security interests. So I just wanted to get that on the record. Your comment really struck me, and I look forward to following up with you again on some of the data that uh, and analytics that you put together. General Stilwell, I'd like to turn to you. It is uh, great to see you again. I'd like to say it was an honor to serve with you when I was U.S. Ambassador to Japan, and you took over the realm, uh, took over the the reins, I should say, of uh, the East Asia Pacific Bureau. Um, you're no stranger to communist China's malign influence and propaganda campaigns. When you served as uh, the Assistant Secretary of State for East Asia and Pacific Affairs, I know you worked very closely on closing China's consulate in Houston. You designated 15 Chinese state-run media outlets as foreign missions and drastically reduced the number of PRC state-backed so-called journalists operating in the United States due to reciprocity issues and national security issues. You touched on this earlier, but I'd like, if you would, General Stilwell, to go a little bit deeper into uh, why you took the actions that you did when you were at the State Department and how important this is. Okay, this isn't uh, Vinegar Joe Stilwell from World War II. Okay, this is another General Stilwell. I wonder if they're related. Uh, there was this very famous American general who uh, fought in the Burma campaign uh, who was, uh, they called him Vinegar Joe Stilwell. Obviously, this is the same guy. He could be. You know, that guy would probably be 100 years old by now or more. Uh, so anyway, here's uh, General Stilwell uh, at this uh, hearing on uh, the information wars that's going on. Senator Haggerty, thank you for that. And uh, I could go on forever. I'll keep it tight, though. Uh, when I was a defense attache, uh, I could not call my counterpart on the Chinese military side. They wouldn't give me the phone number. I had to fax them. I asked the Chinese defense attache here how he gets a hold of people. And he had every phone for the Department of Defense, every number on his phone. And this is a problem of reciprocity. Over 40 years of trying to win the PRC over with carrots, we forgot about sticks. Mm -hmm. We forgot to enforce standards and, and universal standards. They signed up for UNCLOS, they walked away from it. They signed up for the basic law in Hong Kong and they walked away from it. We called these empty promises. These were promises made with no intention of following through. They just want the climate virtue with Paris and, and all the rest of that. So, so basically what you're listening to there is what Stilwell was talking about with the UNCLOS uh, agreement that China is a signatory to. 
you know, this is not like the International Criminal Court, which both China and the United States have not agreed to be partners in. But this is UNCLOS, the law of the sea. And China just basically uh, ignores it. That's what uh, Stillwell is talking about here. Sir, um, with the help of uh, uh, great leadership from Secretary Pompeo and, and, and the Congress, we um, looked at those areas where the relationship was most out of balance and we decided to take, uh, take them to task, not for the purpose of destroying the relationship, but to get them to see the benefit of reciprocity, to giving our journalists the same access in their country that theirs have in ours. Um, and the same with the consulate, you know, there's certain limits to what you can do as a diplomat, you know, stipulated by the Vienna Convention. They were violating that left and right. So it was, it, it, we had to do that. They closed Chengdu in return, and that's what you expect. Um, but there's a lot more work to do. We had other plans that we were going to execute uh, that, you know, I'm doing my best to work with the current administration as well to enact. Well, the term reciprocity, I think, really resonates with me, and I'm certain that it does uh, in many other cases. We've talked so often uh, using other lexicon, free markets and that type of thing. But frankly, when you get down to it, reciprocity is a key operating principle. I appreciate you raising that. I'd, I'd like for you, if you might, to just expand on how we could take lessons from what you did here in the United States to a global context. So this is, uh, again, Senator uh, Tim Haggard of Texas. Is that right? Is he from uh, Tennessee? I'm sorry, Tim Haggard from Tennessee. And uh, he's talking with uh, General Stilwell uh, on the issues regarding China, an information war and reciprocity and all those uh, things that diplomats do to keep things uh, reciprocal. I think a coordinated effort across the interagency would be a great start. And the current national defense strategy talks about integrated deterrence. That's integration across regions, but it really, the place we have to start is integration across uh, agencies in the US government. And this body has the capability to do that, to, to get treasury and state and pick, pick an agency to start working together more closely. Um, and, and sir, I think in the topic we're talking about today, I'm, I know I'm beating a dead horse, uh, we need to get some central coordination body going in terms of overt white world uh, information sharing and then those other things that the law allows us to do, but coordinate it. Vice just trusting that, you know, we'll find the right answer eventually. And somebody's got to be in charge of information. If I can finish, um, in the military parlance, we talk about the levers of national power as the dime. Di di diplomacy, information, military, economic, and there's others. There is an agency secretary, there, there's a cabinet level secretary for all of those, except for one, and that's the I. There is no cabinet level secretary for information. And I'm sitting here today, I spent my whole life looking, studying war and bombs and bullets. And I'm telling you, I'm scared to death we're going to lose in the information space. Exactly what Ms. Brandt said, the most consequential competition that we have today. Thank you for raising that, General Stowell. I look forward to continuing to work with you in terms of articulating a plan to coordinate, just as you say. So that is uh, Senator uh, Tim Morris speaking at the uh, Senate uh, Foreign Relations Committee uh, here in the United States Senate in Washington, D.C., talking about the information war and uh, its consequences on the United States and others. Uh, this is the Michael Year podcast. I am testing out new equipment. Hopefully it improves uh, the content that you're getting. Uh, basically, we uh, hope to be able to do more things for you and uh, keep you better informed about your world and what is happening. I'm Mike K. Cohen in New York City.
and uh, this is the continued look at the situation with the information war with China and how China is continuously influencing and directly being involved in a lot of what's happening here in New York City. People ask me, why do you keep harping on China, man? We're 9,000 miles away from China. No, we're not. China's just up the road. China's all over the place. And we're not talking about Chinese Americans here. We're talking about the People's Republic of China, their Communist Party, that corrupt regime that is oppressing millions of people in China, keeping people in concentration camps, not allowing people freedom of religion, keeping people completely and totally uh, you know, on a, on a list for donor organs that they can sell just because they don't agree with those people's uh, views and policies. They, they, they totally uh, do that. And also how the People's Republic of China is directly involved in American politics to the extent of funding so many people who are engaged in politics here on both sides. That's it for me for now. I'll be back with more soon. This is the Mike of New York podcast.